Okay, welcome back. We are back for Female Edge podcast episode. What are we on now? Episode five? I think it's Four, five. five. Okay, episode five. And we have a very, very special guest with us today, Taylor Hansen. And background on how Taylor knows us and starting through me. So we went to University of Montana together and became very fast friends early on at our time there. And we're best friends, teammates, um, and it was an amazing time there. And that's how we met. And then again, that can friendship has continued on since then. And she has had an incredibly successful soccer career and story. So we're so excited for her to be on today. And a little more background about Taylor. She played in high school in San Diego and then went to University of Montana um, and had an incredibly successful career there. She was a two-time first team All Big Sky Conference player, a two-time Big Sky Conference All-Tournament team selection, four-time Big Sky, right? Four-time Big Sky Conference champion. Or is it five? Four, you know, four. Four, four rings. And so five she years. can be like, four <laughs> rings, baby. <laughs> um, United... Yeah, that's like the that's the best case scenario. You're like, yep, look at that. <laughs> um, United Soccer coaches third team all West region, a team captain. She finished her career with 92 matches played, which is a program record. Unbelievable. Next one, I was looking through like majority of those. She played every minute, which playing with her, the fittest person I've ever seen in my life. So I also that's, that's maybe a story. Well, no, literally one day this just has to be told. Taylor comes home. We were roommates as well. She's like, yeah, I just did um, a mile of lunges. She lunged a mile around the track just for fun. She was like, yeah, I wanted a new workout. I was like, you're incredible. (laughs) So if that doesn't say something about her. Um, And then made 81 career starts, second in program history, 15 career assists, ranking sixth in program history, and then led her the team with six assists, the most for Montana since 2011, her senior season. And then also got an accounting major from University of Montana, so incredibly intelligent as well. And then went on to play for the San Diego Wave after her college career, which is incredible and was the first year of the club. So we'll definitely dive into that incredible experience. Um, so yeah, a bit of a background on Taylor and Tay will kind of throw it over to you to just give more of, you know, your upbringing, just a little bit about you, family background, and just kind of your, yeah, growing up and sort of particularly from a college um, recruiting standpoint, but also just your soccer journey kind of intertwined with that. Yeah. uh, One, thank you for having me. I think this is incredible that you guys are doing this um, and just very inspiring, even for all the young female athletes that probably don't have the guidance at least I think at my age I didn't necessarily have that kind of guidance or people to kind of look up to that had podcasts like this um and so this is just awesome um but yeah just kind of moving on um I moved around when I was a little bit or when I was little um my dad was in the military so I was moving every five or six years um I was actually born in Florida I moved to California but that's when I kind of started playing soccer when I was like three Um, and then I moved out to Indiana and then I moved back to California for eighth grade and then the rest of high school. So I didn't stay in one place. So I was playing for different clubs, um, and having different experiences that way. Um, but yeah, when I moved to California after I lived in Indiana, um, I ended up trying out for the San Diego surf. 
Um, it, they play at the Polo Fields, Del Mar area. Um, great club. But when I first got there, I tried out for the ECNL team and I ended up making the, they called it the B team at that time. Um, and so I think me, I like to strive for excellence and I try to be the best. So that was, um, I think a little daunting at first, like a new area, I make the B team, even though I want to make the ECNL team. Um, but then I ended up playing with the B team and practicing with the ECNL team and then eventually making it to the ECNL team, um, which with that team, I believe we won, we were, we won nationals once and then we ended up getting second and third um, a couple of, and like some of those years. Um, but my, that team was kind of stacked. So I played with girls that are in the NWSL now and some girls that are on the women's national team now. So Taylor Korniak was on that team, Katarina Macario, um, Julie Doyle, who plays for Orlando Pride, uh, Savannah Madden, who's now at Houston. Um, and then I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody else. Oh, and Tara McGowan, who is now on um, the Washington Spirit. So that team is pretty stacked. Um, it was kind of daunting going in there just because they played at a very high level. Um, and I was around players that were better than me at the time. Um, and I actually ended up getting recruited late for college. Um, so as a player, I peaked a little bit later than everybody else. Um, and they, I think a lot of them committed by like sophomore year, like Kat was going to Stanford, another girl was going to Stanford. There was a girl that was committed to Michigan. Um, Taylor went to Colorado Boulder. So just big schools. Um, and I think as a player, again, it was a little daunting for me just because I peak, I was peaking late as a player. I wasn't playing a ton. Um, and so I didn't know like when I was going to get committed. Um, and then I went through kind of the process. I sent out a bunch of emails. I had like a whole template that I would copy and paste <laughs> a couple times in May. Yeah. I copy and pasted the wrong college coach name to the wrong college. Uh, so that was that, not great. <laughs> I feel like we all did that. I a thousand percent did that. And I feel like they need to invent now like a delete or like undo, like you can do a text oh, now, like yeah. delete text. Like 10 seconds though. But by the time that 10 seconds is up, you don't really No, <laughs> No, that honestly, ladies, maybe that's, let's go in, make an invention. That's going to be life-changing. Like Reverse emails. Yeah. I just <laughs> never heard back, which honestly, yeah, makes sense. I wouldn't. It was I meant to be. It's like when you first realize you messed up, like the, the, it's like the rush. The shock. Of Oh yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. I'm never going to college. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I ended up getting heavily heavily recruited by Mark Leporis. Uh he sent me an email from the University of Montana. Um, I ignored the email because I was like, I don't know where Montana is. I don't know what the school's about. I was like, I don't know. Um but he was very persistent and he came to a couple of showcases and came to a couple of games, um, had a phone call with him. And then I eventually went on a visit to Montana and kind of fell in love. So that's kind of what got me there, I guess. I've heard that about the University of Montana. Once you visit, you just can't say no to it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's super pretty. The people are so friendly. I think like growing up in the Midwest and in Indiana for a little bit, like 
people in the Midwest are just super friendly in my opinion. And so it was completely different from California. And I just wanted to get out of California. I think, I think going away to college out of state is a big growing like growth experience. And it's something that my brother kind of pushed me to do too. So once I went to Montana, I mean, the team was great. They had a super like family environment. It's a massive football school. Um, if you've ever been to a Montana game or you haven't, I suggest you go because there's nothing like it. Um, and those are just some things that I really wanted. So, and my mom knew that once I went there, I'd be taken care of. And that was kind of her biggest thing. So yeah, it's incredible out there. I, I miss it. I go out there any chance I can get. Yeah, it is amazing. Were you, were you communicating with other schools at that time as well? Or was University of Montana kind of like the main school that was pursuing you? Um, so I had a couple teams uh, reach out. I think I didn't necessarily give them the chance that I probably should have. Like I didn't look into it a little bit more. And I also think that I set myself a little bit short um, just because I didn't reach out to as many colleges that I think I should have and I didn't do a little more research. So I do think everything happens for a reason. Like I wouldn't trade my time at Montana for everything, for anything, um, but yeah, I do. Th I wish I reached out more. I mean, the worst they can say is no. And there's always going to be one college that you're going to end up at. So it's, there's no point in not just reaching out and just seeing what happens. Yeah. Well, kind of in on that theme, like going back to one, I mean, being around, you know, girls that are committing like to these big schools early on, like that's something obviously that's like you see in this process that those bigger schools commit girls at a young age. But I think also, those are more few and far between, but it adds pressure, I think, to, you know, other girls and a lot of our girls we work with, you know, sometimes it feels like, am I behind in the process because I haven't committed? And you were saying you committed a little bit later. And so maybe if you could just touch on like kind of how that process was and also maybe just like encouragement or what your like words of advice would be for girls like, okay, you are later in the process, but really like it's not later. Like you can find your right fit up until your senior year, but just kind of touching on how that was and then how you were able to like, you know, navigate, okay, that's their journey. This is mine. And like finding kind of being patient for your right fit. Yeah. I mean, I think you're exactly right. I, at that time I was comparing myself to all those girls on that team, which I mean, a lot of them were played at surf their entire lives and I was just coming in. So I wasn't used to the exposure and that kind of stuff. Um, and I wasn't necessarily focusing on my journey at that point. I think like the biggest piece of advice I can give is everybody's journey is different and you have to focus on yours and everything will unfold as it should, as long as you're putting in the energy and the effort to make things happen. Um, I think, yeah, for me, I, I ended up where I was supposed to be. Um, at the time, I do remember being honestly being negative and having negative thoughts of like, maybe I'm not cut out for college. I'm not as good as these other players. Maybe I'm not going to go anywhere like great or that kind of stuff, which I mean, also depends on your version of great. Everybody's version of great is different. Some people want to go division three. Some people want to go to division one, but there's nothing wrong with that because it's your journey. It's what you want out of it. Um, and I think also for me later on in my career, I proved to myself that at that point, it didn't necessarily matter. I still went to Montana and then I still made it to play professionally. Um, so it's, if you put in the work, 
people will find you and you will end up where you're meant to be. Um, I think a lot of the girls that did go to those bigger schools got burned out and they eventually like quit halfway through their careers or they were just done afterwards. So it's everybody's path is different and you're going to peak at certain points and that's okay. It's all dependent on you. Yeah, that's so true. And I think it's such a good point. And again, it's hard amongst like, you know, all these other girls that have different journeys. And I think naturally, like as a young girl in the process, like I know we all went through that where it was like, I know I initially had my eyes set on like these big schools just because it's like, wow, that like, that just sounds so kind of glamorous. And again, that's like, that sounds exciting to you as college being playing in college being a main goal. But I think it's so is so important to not compare your journey and also realize like what you may need and want in a school is going to be different from every other girl and remembering that, but that's really great and such good advice. And I think one thing too, I'd love to go back to is just like, you know, you kind of touched on like the mental component of that in comparison and sort of how were you able to kind of make that shift mentally for, you know, to benefit yourself then in the recruiting process and going into university of Montana and then also maybe just like how it was also mentally for you kind of moving throughout your childhood from a soccer perspective and like how were you able to kind of overcome that yeah um let's see sorry there's a lot in there um oh, sorry I know no 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 you're fine <laughs> great questions um yeah I think well a little bit so for me peaking late as a player in club I had, so I was fortunate to have a coach when I first got there that like really believed in me, believed in hard work. Um, he was kind of tough on me and he'd call me out on things. And at first I'd be kind of upset in the moment, but looking back on it now, he just wanted the best for me. Um, and then that coach left, he went and coached at Cal. Um, and then a new coach came in and this coach did not believe in me, did not put the time into me. Um, I didn't feel supported. I wouldn't really get feedback. Um, I think one time the feedback was with Taylor, what you see is what you get. And I had no idea how to take that. Um, and so I was sitting the bench the whole season, pretty much, um, that go ahead. Sorry, what, like year in club was this? This was my, this was probably my sophomore year or junior year. And you're uncommitted at this point. I'm uncommitted. Yeah. So that was also very daunting too. Um, but I think that's something too that really pushed me to kind of work hard. I started lifting at that point and that's kind of what pushed me to put in more work outside of soccer. So all in all, it was a blessing, but at the time it was really tough mentally. I wanted to quit. I told my mom I wanted to quit. I didn't want to show up. Um, and she kept pushing me to go. I was like at a point where I'd be crying going to practice because I was so upset that I did not want to go. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and she just pushed me. She was my biggest support system. Um, and eventually we kind of got through it with me focusing on what I could control on the mental side of things, um, putting in the extra work and just focusing on my journey. Um, I couldn't control what that coach was doing or what that coach thought or what he said. Um, I could only control my attitude, my effort and how I approach things. Um, and so, yeah, that was a pretty tough time. And you're right that I wasn't committed at that time. So that was prime, like recruiting time, um, which was kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, I also had another coach there tell me that I was a project that he didn't know that he was taking on. So it was just, yeah, <laughs> that's oh the stuff that sticks with you. <laughs> um, but like I said, like, like, go ahead. Sorry. 
I was going to say, like, thanks for bringing that stuff up um, because I think it shows, like, girls. Because this happens all the time, right? They get feedback that's not necessarily constructive. And it does carry – it sticks with you. Like you said, you know, for a long time, like, seeing how, like, it seems like you turned that into, like, motivation for you, you know, Mm -hmm. after a while and, like, got you to that point in your career. And so I think a lot of girls can, like, be like, oh, you know, like, Taylor – you know, went through this and she still got to like an extremely high level playing soccer, you know? And so I just think that's, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, no, I think it's important for people to hear because it happens more often than they think. Um, I think sometimes coaches neglect um, or don't even see the impact that they have on every single kid that they work with. Um, And so it's easy to get blindsided into just winning or that kind of stuff, but little words of encouragement can stick with a kid forever. And so can harmful negative words as well um but yeah I think it's taking those moments and being like okay this is a growing moment for me um I didn't realize it at the time I was just in tears but my mom was the one to talk me through it so yeah I mean I think it's also important for parents to know that as well as like this is what happens sometimes unfortunately um but it's a time for you to show your kid that they can focus on what they can control and maybe either get them to a new team or really just help them work through it because it can limit their opportunities as well. Um, I'm very fortunate that it didn't mine. And you're right, Tony, I used it as motivation eventually. Um, and it's, but it still sticks with me. So it's, yeah, it's just hard. And I mean, such a good point too, of like focusing on what you can control, but also like, that's a lot easier said than done too, but it's something that is possible. And I think also self-belief and you were able to, okay, get through that and be like, I need to focus on what I can control and I need to believe in myself. And obviously having that support system and to your point, like parents just continuing to support their kids through the journey is so important, but such good points. And I mean, that's something we talk about all the time with our girls is like control what you can and attitude and effort. It's so when you said that, I was like, (laughs) I literally say that so much. And honestly, I think that's something that like University of Montana and our time with our coach Chris, like really just, it stuck with me because he always preached that, which is a good segue kind of into your college career. And, you know, as I listed off the beginning, you had an incredibly successful college career. And so would just love to go into like, okay, you know, all the things you clearly learned throughout your club career and, you know, things you overcame, it led you to University of Montana, which initially, again, you weren't even going to give the time of day and visited. (laughs) And then it was like, you know, so clear it was your right place. And then again, had an incredibly successful career, but maybe we can just start with like, you know, you kind of touched on about how you knew Montana was the right school for you. And I know again, like Mark really heavily recruited you and showed he wanted you there, which we always say to girls too, like it's important to go where you're wanted. So I would love to kind of hear from you on that as well. And then um also maybe touching on like the transition from California to Montana and then we can kind of dig more into your career as well but we can start there yeah um I think yeah being heavily recruited by Mark really helped and like you pointed out being at a place where you're wanted um I knew I wanted to play I didn't want to go to a big school and sit the bench the first two years um because also a point is like it's not always what it seems at those big schools sometimes people go there and they don't play at all and they don't really enjoy their journey or they have a really bad coach that is there. Um, so it's not always what it seems. Um, but at Montana, it was kind of just the family culture. Like I said, the big football school, um, 
when I was having conversations with Mark, he told me that he usually keeps just about four outside backs. And so I knew at that point that, that I mean, there's two outside backs in the field. So then there's two reserves at that point, my odds of playing were pretty good my freshman year. Um, and so that's something too, that just really drew me. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what brought me there. Sorry. What was the second point? Oh, and just kind of that transition from California to Montana. I mean, obviously you touched on it earlier, but like a lot of differences to the places, but I think just too, from like, okay, your club experience to your freshman year, just like maybe that transition. And that could be from a soccer perspective and just kind of like mentally, like, okay, stepping into that college, you know, environment and college program, like maybe how do you feel like your mental preparation beforehand, you know, led to your success, your freshman year and just, yeah, that transition. Yeah. Uh, well, freshman year before college, I remember the like fitness packets that we would get from Charlie. Oh yeah. Do you remember Charlie? <laughs> yes. That is throwback. Oh my gosh. We had track workouts. And I was like, what they is were this? horrible. I they were track horrible. We play soccer. <laughs> yeah. They were horrible, but you know, we did every single one. They oh, were these insane track workouts, Tony, <laughs> like insane. I was dying on the times, but we made them. <laughs> we did it. We made it. <laughs> yeah no I just remember fitness was a big thing for me and that was the one thing that I could control and I think that's the biggest thing too of um girls that are just graduating high school going into the college game we stress it to freshmen all the time the summer before just focus on your fitness because that's the only thing that you're going to have guidelines you're going to have numbers you're going to know for a fact you're going to be a part of um, the program when you get there. Um, and so that's kind of what I did. I tried to get as fit as I could. I kept my foot on the ball and then just kind of rolled into it. Um, you remember how it was the first day. It was nerve wracking. We had yeah. fitness tests and then we had a practice right after, and then we had a break and then we had another practice right after. So it was kind of just like death week almost, but it's needed. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I think, but to your point, I think, again, it all goes back to what you can control. And I think going when I look back and I'm sure same for you Tony like you're going into this Pac-12 program as a freshman like there's so much unknown and there is some known but a lot of it is you don't know what to expect so I feel like for both you know I know all three of us like we prepared well going into that freshman year and I feel like knowing I controlled what I could to the best of my ability like gave me a somewhat of a piece that I felt like relatively confident going in for at least combating like the fears of the unknown. And that's something with these girls, you know, going into their freshman years, like control what you can. And your point, like fitness is one thing that like, especially as a freshman, like if you come in and you, you know, crush the fitness test and you show your fit, like that puts you off at a really good foot and it's, you know, impresses the upperclassmen. So that's a really good point and something that's super important for these girls. Do you guys have a like, breakfast club or anything like that? Well, kind of like, yeah. like fitness club. Yeah. yeah. So we had like at Oregon state, at least for the first year, my freshman year is like the only year that we did it was like, if you didn't pass or get a certain number on a fitness test, you had to run in the morning and then you had daily, daily doubles on top of that. So oh, you had like a hard training session then you had a session and a session after so like to your point Alexa it's like if you do come in fit it gives you a better chance coming in at leaving a really good impression because you don't have to if you do have stuff like that you don't yeah. have to you can save your body you know yeah. for the practices uh, where you can you know perform so I just really like that point and like 
if you are really prepared, like especially fitness wise, uh, you know, your odds are going to be way greater at performing and leaving a good, you know, impression for the first week, especially. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think also something that I just thought about that I know Tay and I was, it was a huge advantage to us that we also had experience in the weight room before going in because we were able to within a week hop in with the upperclassmen because we didn't need to go through kind of like training on technique and the right form and so just something for girls you know when you are in high school like it really encourage you to you know work with your you know high school trainer or a trainer to start working on the technique in the weight room because going in with even some base knowledge like even if you know, you haven't gotten years of experience in the weight room, but just a bit of time in there will be really beneficial. So I agree. Taylor, really quickly. So um, you went obviously from California to Montana. Did you, were you ever nervous about moving states and being far away from your family or like how were the nerves leading up to moving to Montana? Yeah. Um, great question. I, I was very nervous. I mean, I didn't know anybody there. Um, I met the girls on the team briefly. I know what helped was the, uh, as freshmen, we had like a group chat coming in of like questions and stuff. Um, I think for the most part, teams do a very good job of welcoming the freshmen and making sure that they're kind of taken care of. I think the best part about being on a team in college is you automatically have friends for the most part and people that you can hang out with instead of kind of starting from scratch. Um, but yeah, I agree. I was very nervous. I was out of my element I think freshman year was super hard for me and that fact actually um I I got homesick a couple of times I think it hits everybody at one point or another um even if people don't admit they're they're homesick they feel it to some degree um which I mean you're out by yourself for the first time so it makes sense um but yeah I had I was had very supportive friends and people that I could go to but I did struggle it wasn't super easy by any means we have, uh, we have about three girls that are seniors are uh, moving out of state from Oregon. So we have one going to Texas and two are going to Colorado. So what advice do you have for them kind of moving out of state for the first time and being away from their family? Yeah. Um, keep in contact with your family. <laughs> Don't forget about them. Yeah. No, I, like seriously though, I feel like for me, I was like, okay, I'm an adult. Like I can do this by myself, but even the little phone calls weekly or however frequently you want to have them really helped. Um, but I also think making the effort of like making friends and hanging out with girls in your class um, and finding also a role model or like a senior that'll take you under their wing um, that you can kind of go to and just get advice from because everybody's been through it at one point if they're from out of state. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not going to be the easiest time, but also understand that this is a big growth moment for you. Um, and so sometimes those challenges can stir up negative emotions, negative feelings, and it can be hard, but you're going to come out better from that anyway, because you will get used to it. You will start to create a home of your own. Um, it just, there's an adjustment period and you just have to kind of make room for that. Yeah. And kind of with that, Tay, like you you know, touch on it earlier on and, you know, kind of the growth component of that. And like for them and girls that do, you know, move out of state, like what are, what do you feel like the main ways that you grew and sort of like grew into who you were and like, learn, what do you learn about yourself in like a beneficial way, kind of moving from home too? Yeah. Um, I think, well, I think being away from my family, I kind of had to develop my own values a little bit. And I had to find out who I was independently from them. 
Um, you get to kind of create yourself once you're in college. I mean, you can start in high school, but for me, it really kicked in in college and in my freshman year. Um, that's kind of when I was like, okay, who do I want to be? Um, and yeah, I think it's just a process of self-discovery, which is what college is kind of all about as well. And just finding your interest, throwing yourself into different activities, meeting new people and seeing kind of if you drive with them or if you don't, and why, why don't you, if you like don't, um, but yeah, it's just, just be open-minded and just be like, okay, like who do I want to be and what excites me and where do I find myself fitting in? Yeah. Love that. Such great advice. And I think it is, you know, it's an exciting time because it's new and there's so much growth opportunity, but yeah, it presents challenges, but to your point in a way that like is only, only leads to growth. And, but it's, it, to your point, I think it's important to have that perspective. Like, yeah, it's not going to be perfectly easy, but it's going to be so um, such an incredible experience in so many ways and a lot more of those positive kind of growth moments than the challenges, but those, that's, those are natural in anything, you know? So, um, and then kind of going, continuing with your college career again, obviously, as I mentioned, such a successful career and would love to just kind of hear from you. Like, what do you feel like kind of the keys to success for you in your career were? And I know there's probably a lot of added layers to what made you successful, but maybe just some of the main ones. And that can be kind of, you can go throughout the career just from a kind of holistic perspective. Would love to hear that. Yeah. Um, well, one, I think having a great workout partner with a similar mindset. So Alex Coyle. Uh, <laughs> Gosh, he was the best. <laughs> I Take me we back. Just, we really pushed ourselves. And I think at times, like we competed, but it was also in the best way because when you were great, you forced me to be great. Um, and so I think also just having somebody to work with and do the extra work with was really helpful and beneficial. Um, but I also think just something that helped me was leaning on everybody around me. We had some great coaches that we could go to with any questions that we had or when we were struggling. Um, and anytime we wanted to put in the extra work, they were there for us and they were at the field early with us. And even when they weren't, we were at the field early by ourselves. So I think that's just kind of something. Absolutely. No. And I think, I mean, I know, I remember hearing that in high school, it's like, you know, the work, the work just starts to get like, it doesn't stop once you get there. But I think to your point, like one, having someone with a similar mindset and being able to push you not only, you know, within your structured training schedule, but outside of it, I think is so huge. And that was like something amazing about what I feel like we had, but absolutely. I think it's so important for these girls to remember, like the work, the work starts when you get there, it doesn't stop and it continues. And if anything, you have to put even more work in, but I think knowing that that will pay off. And I know, I mean, I saw it firsthand for you, but how your hard work outside of also, you know, structured training, but in it paid off so much. Maybe you can touch more on that of like also the mental component. Cause like, it's not easy. Like some of those days were like that extra work, like you had to get yourself out there, but just trusting the process and that it would pay off. And maybe from that mental side, if you could kind of explain more on that, on like how you were able to just trust that process, trust that the hard work would pay off throughout your career, leading obviously to so much success. Yeah. Um, I think it's showing up on days that you still don't want to. I think that's kind of the biggest part. And I think that's something that I'm also learning in my life right now of it's, Sometimes it's just a matter of showing up and giving what you have that day. Um, 
in college, you're going to go through highs and lows. You're going to go through weeks there. You're not having the best week. It could be because of outside things of soccer, like school or friends or family. Um, just anything can happen. And it's about ebbing and flowing and kind of just bending with that. Um, I think, yeah, it's not always the easiest, but it's just continuing to show up. And I think the biggest thing too is just focused energy of where are you putting your time into? There's a lot of sacrifices. Um, I, I think just as a student athlete, you make, um, you have school, you have soccer during the season, you're traveling almost every weekend or every other weekend. Um, you have to communicate well with your professors. Sometimes you can't go out like all the other college students are doing. Um, and there's a lot of sacrifice in it, but also you're gonna get, there's a lot of reward to that too. Um, just a lot of growth, a lot of satisfaction from giving everything you have into something and just dedicating yourself to that in the four-year period that you have. Um, and I think that's also what kind of leads to great teams and just a successful career as well is you have to make sacrifices in order to kind of excel which you want because in order to put yourself in the top 2% even, you're gonna have to do other things that other people are unwilling to do. And that's kind of what's gonna separate you from the pack. Absolutely, no, it's so true. And I think also realizing like those sacrifices will pay off, they will, yeah. and that hard work will pay off. And I think in the times that it's harder, you have to just remember that. And, you know, I think one thing I'd love to ask two more about is, you know, just knowing you well, like I know, how strong of a mentality you have, but also something that like the mindset part of the, the sport and your success, like also you have to work at. And I know you worked at that every day and it, it's something, you know, we again, talk to the girls we work with is like, you know, that's something you have to work on every day. Confidence is something you have to work on every day and how also important that is for success. So just, I guess, any pieces of like main advice or things you learned on the mindset side of your success and, you know, how you grew throughout college and then you know into the professional um your professional career which we can touch on more but just that mindset piece yeah um one thing you're never there <laughs> it's, it's always something you're working on some yeah. days you are gonna feel like you don't have it and some days you're gonna feel on top of the world but yeah. it's always just working at it every single day kind of like you said um look in college my freshman year too especially I was not confident I even I, confidence has always been something that I've kind of struggled with. Um, and so it is something that you, I've been working on every single day. Sometimes it's maybe having a journal of being like, okay, what did I do well? And just re like looking at the good parts of your play um, and what you're doing well and not being so hard on yourself. Um, yeah, I think it's also leaning on people. I know you saw me in tears a couple of times and probably more than a couple of times, but. in here, so. <laughs> But it's going to other people too that can lift you up and encourage you when you're feeling down and you don't believe in yourself. Um, I was very fortunate to have um, a couple of mentors in college and even in high school that just had a great mindset and had a way they approached life. And I wanted to embody that. Um, and so it's getting around those people as much as possible and seeing how they approach life. What areas did they grow in in their life? And um, what are tools and stuff that they use to help them that I could potentially try to help me? Um, just because 
what works for one person isn't going to work for everybody. So again, it's just a matter of self-discovery of what tools are going to help you be the best you. Um, I always had my head in a book and I was learning from the greats. Um, I loved Kobe's mentality. Um, and so I would always watch videos and stuff, something in college freshman year, I'd wake up at like four 50 to drive to Starbucks at like 5 AM because we had practice at six 30 or something. But I would always start my day off with a, like a, a YouTube video that was a motivational video, grab my coffee, and then I would be bumping music on the way back. And that's how I would get myself pumped up for the day and for that practice. Um, and so it, yeah, it's just finding a pattern that works for you. I still listen to motivational videos just because I think it puts me in a great mindset and I'm feeding my brain with that kind of information and that kind of motivation. Um, so yeah, just stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's such, such good piece of advice. And again, so important because really your mindset, I mean, that's what, you know, influences your actions and your performance at the end of the day, like where your head is at and your confidence, belief in yourself, like that directly impacts your just joy and overall kind of happiness as a person, but then also your performance on the field. And I have to add in this funny side note, literally that whole spring, Taylor Hansen pulls up to the dorm full coffee in her, her car's bouncing with pump up music. And all of us are like rolling out of the dorm, like <laughs> hopping in the back of her car, like half asleep still. And that girl was like, Oh, it's already been up for an hour and a half had her Starbucks. <laughs> I'm pretty Such sure Rita funny. hated me. Because <laughs> <laughs> Rita was her roommate. <laughs> Some people were wiping like sleepies from their eyes as they're getting in the car. Like, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> honestly, I loved it. I was like, all right, this is going to get me going. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, thank you. And such great advice, Tay. And um, then kind of moving, okay, again, incredibly successful college career. Like you learned so much, you know, throughout it, as you touched on and, you know, leaving with, again, so many accolades, um, but also so much personal growth and just, okay, then knowing that next goal was professional and then, you know, gain an opportunity on the San Diego wave, the first year of the club, like an incredibly just historic really moment for the NWSL for San Diego, where you're from. Um, but also just, you know, reaching that goal. It's so incredible in so many ways. And would just love to hear kind of, okay, the process from college to professional, and then we can kind of dig into more aspects of that experience. But obviously it would just be so great to hear more about that transition and experience. Yeah. Um, well, so actually throughout college, that wasn't necessarily a goal of mine, which is kind of the crazy part. Um, I think during college, I just kind of put my head down and I worked and I wanted to be the best player that I could be. I wanted to excel. Um, and I think the opportunity kind of presented itself after it was senior year. Well, no, because COVID happened. So it was the fifth year. So I took my fifth year. Um, and then I just remember talking to the coaches of like, okay, like this could possibly happen. Do you want to try to play professionally or go play overseas? And I was like, sure, why not? Like, we'll see where soccer kind of takes me. Um, and so I entered the draft for the NWSL. Um, and I remember San Diego Wave said that they were going to create an expansion team and they were actually going to practice at the Del Mar Polo Fields, which I grew up playing at surf, which was kind of crazy. Um, just a surreal full circle moment. Um, the, the goalkeeper coach for the wave was actually a coach that I had at surf. And so it was kind of just a familiar, friendly face. Um, and I was like, okay, sweet. And so there was talk about the draft 
um, and I could potentially be drafted. So the draft was on graduation day. I was not focused on graduation at all. I was like, okay, this is the draft. It's a big day. I don't know if I'm going to get drafted, but I was super nervous. Um, honestly, felt like I could throw up all day. It's <laughs> like, cause this is a big moment. Um, yeah. I remember waiting in graduation, be like, I'm not gonna be able to walk across the stage because it started at a certain time and I was going to leave early, but they called my name for graduation and I like ran across the stage pretty much is how Chris described it. Um, and then like, I- Give me that diploma, up. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I was like, peace. Um, and so I ended up going, sitting with my family and I think a couple other people were there. Um, and I just watched the entire draft and I was nervous. I didn't know what was gonna happen. Names just kept going by um, and I didn't get drafted. Um, and so at that point, I had a whole rush of emotions. I was upset. I was nervous all day. My, um, like I had adrenaline, so I was kind of shot, I was tired. And so I was like, well, now I got to move out of my house and kind of go back home. Um, but then like three hours later, the assistant coach from the wave called me and was like, we'd like to bring you on as a discovery player. Um, and so with that process, you're invited to their preseason camp and you try to earn your contract that way. Um, so I was like, sure. So went, moved my stuff back home. And then the whole month before I dedicated to training, I was doing two a days. I was lifting, I was running, um, got to preseason camp. And again, I felt like I could throw up. I think I like blacked out the whole camp cause I was so nervous, but I loved where I was at. I was alive, um, feeling all the emotions, um, and found my way making a spot on the wave. And that was surreal. Um, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. And I'm so grateful. Um, yeah, it was just a very eye-opening moment. And I think just in a, the entire year just kind of flew by. Um, big growth process for me. I was surrounded by some of the greatest players in the world um, and that have been mastering their craft for a really long time. So it was just cool to be at that level where everybody is just after excellence. And that is kind of the main focus, honestly, for a majority of their life. So Amazing. I mean, again, so incredible and so cool to just hear kind of that story and journey and kind of going back, like, you know, would love to hear, okay, like emotion, you know, you don't get drafted and then you get this call, you're invited in and just how that kind of transition, how you kind of had to, okay, go from disappointment to then, okay, like I have this opportunity in front of me and now I need to like focus myself to like do everything I can and be in the right place to maximize it. And, you know, obviously lead to the outcome that happened, but would love to hear just how you were able to mentally get yourself in the right place for that, that opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think, again, I keep going back to it. I just have great people I'm surrounded by. My family was super supportive and be like, okay, whatever we need to do, we're going to do that. Um, I knew that the best resources I had were in Montana. So I actually rented an Airbnb for the month and I put on like a mini training camp um, coach or Chris, our head coach at Montana, um, just put in the time with me. I was training four days a week with him doing individual sessions. Um, Ashley Herndon was there too. She also had an experience in the NWSL and played overseas. So she was very experienced, um, and just really helped me. It was like, this is kind of what you need to do. This is what you're going to look for. This is how you need to kind of prepare. Um, and then I also had Todd Widman who, 
just kind of helped me again on the mental side and the strength aspect and the conditioning aspect of like, whatever we need to do, we're going to dedicate this month. Um, so my whole month, there was no friends. It was kind of just soccer and working out. Um, yeah, we came up with a game plan. I think also that month was a big, heavy focus on mentality, just because the step up from college to the professional game is massive. Um, it, there's, a, there's a gap between high school and college, but there's an even bigger gap between college and the professional game. Um, and so it was more of just like, can you handle this mentally? So again, I was um, reading Tim Grover books with Chris. I was watching videos on soccer. We were looking at statistics of where goals were taken from all to the detail. Um, I was coming in with articles being like, okay, what did you learn from this? What are questions you have? How can we apply this to soccer in your career? Um, and we just kind of dove in deep and just kind of went for it. Um, and that's ultimately what prepped me, I think, because mentally going in, I was like, all right, we're going to do this. I'm ready. I controlled everything that I could. And if it works out great, if it doesn't, I gave it everything that I had. Um, yeah, the whole process, honestly, it was probably one of the best months of my life, just because I'm the type of person that likes to be very focused and just think about one thing, just give everything that I have. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, oh, go ahead, Tony. I was going to ask, like, so obviously you had a great month in Montana. First of all, I want to say, I think it's great that you went back to Montana to train and prepare. I think it says a lot about your time there and, you know, how comfortable you were and like how you just had such a great, you know, support system. Um, So I just wanted, I've noticed that. I thought that that was awesome. You know, it says a lot about the program. Another thing is, you know, mentally preparing to play in the NWSL. So how, how did that month like help you like going in? Like, did it lessen your nerves? Um, Did it just make you feel more prepared in general? Did you feel more ready after spending your month in Montana? How was that like transition, I guess? Yeah, I will. I just maximized every single day that I could Montana. Um, And I think knowing that gave me more confidence um, that, there was nothing else that I could kind of like approach or there was nothing that I necessarily forgot. I felt like, um, and I felt like I had become a better player. I put in recovery every week as well. So my body was ready. Um, I remember talking with the assistant wave coach and he was like, this is how we approach training sessions. So a lot of the girls when they first enter the NWSL, they experience injuries because they're not used to the training load and how they approach training sessions. Um, And so I remember calculating that kind of stuff out too. And yeah, I just felt like I had a whole support system behind me and they were like, you can do this. They were helping me mentally. Um, And I think just that really helped going into it. I was still nervous, but I remember having the mindset even during camp and telling myself like, I can do this. Like I'm gonna make the team. Um, there were some girls that were like, well, like joking, like, well, I'm going to get cut. Like, I'm not going to make it. And I remember in the back of my head of I would, I would like joke with it, but I'd be in the back of my head. I was like, I'm going to make it like I can do this. Um, and so I think just continuing to tell myself that just really helped me in the long run. Yeah, that's so huge. And I mean, I think one, like you said, goes back to just like it was high school, you know, to college, college to pro, like what can I control, you know? And I think like that is just so massive and also so great to hear you say okay you know I controlled what I could to the absolute like maximum extent so 
you then going in, it was almost like gave you what sounds like a freeing feeling in the sense like I've done everything I can. So like whatever happens, like I will walk away satisfied. Cause like I've again, done everything in my control. So I think one, that's just such good advice and so important. And I think two, like you just said that, that self-talk and what you're saying to yourself and how powerful that is. And I mean, I would imagine like, yeah, you have to, these girls around you saying like, oh, like almost, you know, doubting themselves and how not only having to block that out, but then staying focused on what you can control and that positive self-talk. But that's so, so insightful. And again, like so great for these girls to hear and just so important on anything in life, you know, whatever you're doing, it's like the way you talk to ourselves, we talk to ourselves is so important. So that's amazing. And would love to just hear too, Tay, like, you know, yeah, not only are you like going in, but yeah, I mean, some of the biggest names in sport, I mean, Alex Morgan, like, and you're literally like defending her. Like, I feel like I'd be like, oh my God, you know. Oh, it was so, all year. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, obviously she's incredible, but just that kind of added layer to it too. Like, not only are you going into this professional environment, but like, again, some of the best players in the world are on this team and just sort of everything around the San Diego wave as well. Like, how are you able to, you know, just keep that perspective like, okay, well, I'm here for a reason. And yeah, like Alex Morgan's incredible. And these players are incredible. But like, we're all human beings here. We're all women playing soccer. And we grew up playing the same sport. Like, how are you able to keep that perspective and to keep your confidence, you know, where it was, and again, to make the team and be really successful? Yeah, um, well, one, definitely the confidence wavered even throughout the year. Just you have a lot of ups and downs, a lot of unknown variables, stuff that you can't control. Um, and so I think some days were a real challenge, um, but some days were also, it was a great day. Um, I think at that level too, being in the environment, you just realize that they are just people. They are people who have accomplished extraordinary things and they've spent their entire life mastering their craft and putting their energy into that. Their whole life has been focused on playing soccer and being a top dog and just putting in the work. Um, but also they're all goofballs too. Like Alex jokes, Alex gets her nails done. She has a kid, she's a mom. And you just see the backside of things that other people don't see. So it's really easy when you're not around them to make them out to be superhuman, which I mean, sometimes I think that they are, but also at the same time, they're just people and they'll have a conversation with you. They're super friendly. Um, and yeah, you just get to know them as human beings outside of soccer and what they've accomplished. And they're just incredible. Um, they're very welcoming, inviting, um, supportive. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first day of camp, I remember I was in a passing pattern. I had Alex Morgan in front of me and Abby Dahlkemper behind me. And it was yeah. just a simple square passing pattern that you do. And I was like, okay, just hit her back foot. And yeah. then I was like, I was like, okay, ball, Alex. Like, it was like, what is <laughs> you're like wow it's like don't mess up it's okay (laughs) yeah so multiple times I had to tell myself to breathe but yeah yeah, I think just being in the environment it actually seems a lot more normal than people would realize um yeah really cool I would love to hear too just kind of you know as you kind of touched on like okay way back to your youth career like you you know initially moved to San Diego like you start on the B team there and then okay, fast forward, you make, you know, the ECNL team, then you make it to University of Montana, have an incredible successful career there, but like, yeah, it wasn't a Pac-12 school. And then you end up on, you know, basically the most sought after team of the NWSL that year. 
and play with some of the best players in the world, get playing time, having like incredibly amazing experience. Like, I guess, how did you kind of have a moment where you were like, wow, you know, like, yes, you know, I know I deserve this and I'm here, but also just sort of like a moment of pride and just being really proud of yourself. But then also just kind of like show, and I guess, could you speak on just a little bit, like you touched on earlier, you know, like, does it matter kind of where you start or like you can make it where you want, wherever you kind of come from and maybe just touching on that and kind of words of inspiration for girls that, you know, come from different backgrounds and clubs and whatnot. Yeah, I think I, I think ultimately I proved to myself that I could do something if I put my mind to it and I just keep working hard and making that team didn't happen in a matter of a day. It happened over the course of working through my club career through college and then making the team. So there was a lot of hard times and a lot of hard days that people don't see, they don't realize have happened. Um, I mean, even periods of months where I was not really having the most fun. Um, but again, I kept showing up. Um, yeah, I think, wait, sorry, continue. I lost the question. Oh no, just kind of, you know, like maybe just pieces of advice for girls of like, again, you're, you're an amazing example. Like you didn't, you know, it's not like you grew up at the top club team all your life and went to a huge pack 12 school, but you ended up where you did and kind of just like piece of advice for girls of like, you know, you can make it, you can make it to the top with wherever you kind of start, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah. Like I said, I was just, I proved myself that I could do it through hard work. And I think that was a big confidence builder for me. When I got there, it was like, okay, this is super surreal. I can't believe I'm here. Um, I think there was definitely moments of proudness, but I think I'm also the type too that I'm still, there's more work to be put in. And so sometimes I feel like I didn't necessarily enjoy the experience um, as much as I, I would have liked to, just because I was trapped in my mental bubble um, and it happened at times. Um, but I think looking back on it, that's the piece that right now I feel like, okay, I did that. This is where this confidence led me because there were times during the year where I was like, where am I? What am I doing? Who am I? I had a little bit of imposter syndrome because I'm like, how did I get here? I had a, I had a coach tell me I was a project and club and here I am playing and practicing with Alex Morgan. And so it was just, I think that was a big mental block for me during the year. Um, but looking back on it now, I, yeah, there is a moment. Well, right now there is, I guess I am proud of myself for what I accomplished. Um, I think in the moment it was kind of hard to see that at times. Um, but yeah, I think it's more of you look back and be like, okay, I actually did that. Yeah. And so I think that was a big growth experience now of like just enjoying every single moment and giving yourself a pat on the back and again, building that confidence. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. So there for a year, correct? So your contract was for a year and then, so you're not playing anymore, correct? No, not at the moment. Yeah. So what, um, what was your decision on kind of making that switch from playing to not playing? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into the professional career that a lot of people don't think of. Um, there's a lot behind the scenes. Um, I think as a professional player, it's definitely not what everybody thinks it is. Um, it's just a very, I think 
very unstable at times too. So like your career could, or your contract could be done at any single moment. Um, and I think after last year, it was a big mental year for me just in terms of growth. And I think again, the jump from college to professional is massive. Um, and so I just, after it ended and I didn't get my contract renewed, I was heartbroken and it took me a couple months to be like, okay, what am I going to do next? I think it was the first time in my life where I had the choice to be like, do I want to continue to play soccer? Um, and I think that year showed me what it's like at the professional level. And I think after the break that I had one, I think I took too long of a break. So I kind of missed the window, a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have known, um, except for going through it. So there's a certain window where you can get on teams, even overseas, as you guys know. Um, and so I took too long of a break and I missed that window. Um, and so all everybody was already playing and that kind of stuff. Um, and so part of me was like, okay, you know what, I'm just going to take a few months off again. And I'm just going to see if this is something that I really want to pursue. Um, and I, I still have like my eye open, I guess I'm keeping, I'm staying fit and doing that kind of stuff. I'm in coaching. Um, but I think for me now it's more of who am I outside of soccer? I dedicated my whole life to it. I didn't really, I guess, experience anything outside of soccer. And so now I'm just looking at other interests and I have more flexibility and freedom than I've ever had. Um, and I think I'm enjoying that aspect of it too. So again, I'm just discovering who I am outside of soccer. I think all three of us can kind of relate to that um, in a sense too, because there is that like fight you have when, you know, you're, you're, you might be done playing and you're just like, okay, well, who am I? Do I keep going or do I, do I invest my energy into things, other things, a job, you know, relationships, other careers, you know, whatever it is. So I think, you know, that it's cool that you mentioned that because it sounds like you brought all of your experiences, you know, to this point in your life still being, you know, very successful. So I think it's cool to just like translate everything that you learned from like, you know, fighting those battles in your youth from like not making the first ECNL team to playing in college to making a professional team in the US and then you know still being successful in other areas you know of your life so yeah Absolutely. I just I just feel like I'm sure you guys know all of the skills and habits you've developed from being on a team sport and throughout soccer and the dedication that you've put like you guys can do anything you put your mind to if you just put the work in it doesn't matter if it's soccer it doesn't matter what it is um and so I think that's also the exciting part is you just have to put time into something and you can be good at it if it's something that you're really passionate about um yeah and it does translate very well even to like the corporate world or opening your own business or you're just you're good at communicating you have a level of discipline and you know what it takes to be the best at something no absolutely and I think you know such an important thing for really all girls to realized too throughout the process and I think when I look back at my career like which I think there's naturally things in life that you don't realize until you look back and like that saying of like the dots do connect behind you but I think such important perspective to keep in mind that like yeah at the end of like your soccer career will come to an end at some point but realizing throughout it that like you are learning so much that will benefit you so greatly in life outside of the sport and just realizing that and keeping that perspective. And like you both said, I mean, you no, know, we can all attest to how much we 
grew and learned from playing professionally. And I think that's also been an exciting part of, you know, life outside of soccer is, wow, like really getting the time to see how those skills have applied to, you know, new endeavors and new things and exploring yourself outside of the sport, but saying, you know, wow, look at how that directly translated or how, you know, what I learned in soccer now is benefiting me here. And that's a really exciting thing and something also that I'm so grateful to have had the experience being an elite athlete. And I know you guys are as well, but something important for girls to remember to and keep that perspective. But um, well, perfect kind of segue Tay into our final question, which we ask all of our clients um, is how do you find your edge? And so again, edge that kind of looks or how we usually explain that is kind of like, you know, what differentiates you or just, you know, what's, how do you find that edge and what will set you apart to kind of achieve whatever it is you want in your life? And again, that can be from a general sense and also for you personally, kind of either or. And yes, what would be your answer to that? I've been thinking about this all morning because there's so <laughs> many things to it. <laughs> I love that. So I just think reflecting on kind of my journey um, and what's got me thus far is just, I think, one, my willingness to learn, my hunger to learn, um, dedicated energy towards something um, and a single focus. And then I think a big thing too is just having an incredible support system. I've had great mentors throughout my life that I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Um, and I think those are just some of the things that have really pushed me. Um, I think my work ethic is something that has set me apart completely. Um, just because I am relentless in the fact that I was all, I'm very competitive as well. So <laughs> I think just continuing to put in the work and continuing to show up and doing the things that other people are not going to do, or they don't want to do. Um, and I think also just delayed gratification, you put in the work and you're going to see the results later. You're not going to go for the thing that's going to give you the benefit right now, because odds are, it's not going to last that long. Um, yeah, I think just surrounding yourself with the right people, putting in focused work um, with energy, and then just continuing to show up every single day. Absolutely. Well said. <laughs> uh, that was me trying to drop the mic. <laughs> that was so great, Tay. And again, I mean, so much insightful wisdom and just incredible, really, story and experience you've had, and just really amazing things to share and be able to share out to, you know, the girls that'll listen to this. So thank you so, so much for coming on. And again, we so appreciate it. And yeah, so great to, again, have you, have you on. So um, that is all for episode number five and tune back in for episode number six. Thank you.